Welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending January 31st, 2020. I'm Sophie Antelgibert, and I'm joined today by our quantitative investment strategist, Dr. Kara Ng. Good morning, Kara. Good morning, Sophie. It's a pleasure to see you. Good to see you. So there's a few things that I was hoping to get some updates on, um, especially some, some of the dominant headlines this week. I'm thinking coronavirus, what is happening there? Should we be worried? And how should I be thinking about my portfolio? Topic one. Um, next, I was hoping it's Brexit Day. What it might is. that mean? What is your perspective on that? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if I should be cheering or sobbing, so maybe you can give us some insight into that. Um, and then lastly, um, some updates on Q4 earnings. Um, we've heard from a number of companies. Sound like a good plan? Sounds like a great plan. All right, so maybe starting with coronavirus, should I be wearing a mask today? Should I not? Well, Where are we at? And what does my portfolio need to be thinking about? With regards to if you should be wearing a mask, my dad called me in a panic last week saying to talk to no one, touch nothing, use elbows to hit elevator buttons. So, uh, But in terms of markets, uh, let's go back to what we said last market week interview with Paul Eyman. He described the coronavirus outbreak as a tail risk and that we can use the 2003 SARS outbreak as a playbook on how to navigate markets. Now, what's changed since last week is the World Health Organization has declared the outbreak a public health emergency of international concern. Mm. Basically, the coronavirus is much more contagious than expected. Uh, within a month, the number of confirmed infections is already more than the total number of SARS infections. This means this virus is likely to have a larger economic impact on China than the one in 2003. Also, China is now a larger part of global GDP and global trade, so the impact will likely be felt worldwide. And there was some market volatility, and this was made worse by the fact that equity market sentiment was slightly overbought entering the new year, when equity market sentiment is slightly euphoric and makes the market more vulnerable to bad news. Since last week, uh, the tail risk is higher, but our overall strategy is the same. Now, we don't know when the pandemic will be contained, and we don't know when uh, or how bad this pandemic could get, but uh, we still believe that equity markets can rebound fairly quickly once the virus is contained. This means that equity market sentiment, if it moves into panic oversold, we see this as a buying opportunity. Maybe I will put on my mask if, uh, <laughs> if Mr. Eng says so. Yeah. Maybe we, we should all be following his advice. Hi, Dad. <laughs> um, moving on to Brexit. So today is the official Brexit day. What does that mean? And, and again, from a portfolio and market perspective, what should I be thinking about there? So today, the UK formally leaves the EU, but not much will change tomorrow. Um, after the formal exit, the UK and EU enter into an 11-month transition period in which agreed-upon terms like trade, travel, and, and uh, payments remain the same as agreed, on, agreed upon before. Now, the UK um, will no longer have a say in EU decision-making institutions like the European Parliament, but the UK will still follow EU rules through the transition. Going forward, uh, the cliff edge happens after the transition. So if, after that 11 months. After that 11 months. If that 11 months doesn't get extended, then the two parties have a very short time frame to work out a permanent trade deal before all benefits stop. And then that means that the pound and UK exposed investments could face a lot of volatility during this negotiation period. Q4 earnings announcements came out for a number of large companies this week. Um, what caught your eye and what should we be focusing on? We heard from a lot of big name companies this week. Amazon and Apple were amazing. Microsoft was strong and then Facebook was a little bit mediocre. But the reason why we care about these mega cap companies is because they represent such a large part of the S&P 500 index. And because these 
companies beat earnings expectations, it means it's a good sign for the earnings season so far. Now, earnings growth is still low compared to history, but if our central scenario plays out, uh, continued consumer strength, a manufacturing rebound uh, as a result of the easing trade tensions, comedy of central banks, and if there are no flare-up and tail-risk events, then this could spell for a modest earnings recovery through 2020. Well, thank you, Kara. Thank you for sharing your perspective. That's all we have time for today. And thank you for joining. We'll be back again soon.